podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and tonight I am joined by Kevin Graham and Laura Bradburn. This is nearing episode 700 of A Celtic State of Mind. There's been quite a few over the last year, Kevin Graham, that have been sear to bear, I think you could say. After the game, right on the full-time whistle, you're coming in, you're talking about the doom and the gloom. Tonight isn't about that, is it? It's not about the doom and the gloom at all, eh? And uh, if somebody would ask me at half time, did you reckon that we would get away with a clean sheet? I probably would have said it's extremely doubtful. But tonight is the night for Stephen Welsh and Anthony Ralston to take all the plaudits that are going to come their way. Both of them were absolutely outstanding tonight. And it doesn't matter what happens next week. They two guys were uh, they, they two guys were absolutely brilliant tonight. Add to that, Big Aussie Tam as well, fantastic. We Kyogo, brilliant. Uh, even in even in the second half, Starfield actually came on again. Joe, Joe Hart proved his worth. Callum McGregor was just Callum McGregor. The, 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 there was seven eights out of tens all over the pit, the pitch tonight. But the, the two guys that can walk off that park or as, as they're standing doing their their their, their lap on over now with a chest puffed out, feeling so proud with themselves, as the guys for the Celtic Academy, Ralston and Stephen Welsh utterly, I'm, I'm utterly over the moon for the two guys, really are Both of them making their 28th appearances this evening, Laura you made a point during the second half of you tweeting about Stephen Welsh we would be all over this player if he was putting in performances like that for the likes of Hibs. We'd be trying to buy this young kid. Uh, I call him a kid. He's 21 years of age. We'd be trying to buy him for three or four million pounds. Um, what do you make of his his performance tonight? And we'll talk about Ralston as well. well I think the thing about, um, about Stephen Welsh and, and um, it was actually at some point during the first half that I'd, I'd tweeted that um he covered for a lot of um, Starfield's shortcomings in the first half. Just looks like a very assured, calm and influence. Um, like Kevin says, it's it's the academy players who have done his proud tonight. And I do think that they sometimes suffer from being viewed as 
the lesser option when in actual fact they are the better option. You know, if you had told me Starfelt was the young, inexperienced uh, academy graduate with not many many games under his belt and, and Stephen Welsh was the £4 million player that we had uh, chased after to get in, uh, I would have believed you. And I think that we... I, th- I think, as I said in the t- tweet, we need to take into account that he came into the team during what was probably one of the worst seasons uh, of of in, li- in living memory, really, in terms of the way the, the club fell apart at the seams. Came in. Uh, yes, he had a couple of errors here and there, but really didn't do much wrong. And I, I-, I personally think we should repay everything that he's done to us by keeping it uh, done for us by keeping faith in him going forward and, and looking for a partner for Stephen Welsh rather than the other way around you know you, you think back to that game it wasn't his debut we know this because he had played against Hamilton the previous season but he came in against Rangers Kevin it was a really poor performance um, a lot of Celtic fans around about that time were looking at that situation and saying we're in trouble here they beat us 2-0 that was a game where we didn't have a shot on target uh, a shot on goal Kev and he was devastated when he came off the park he's sitting in the stands you'll remember the, the image of Cham looking over at him as if to say what you bothered about son he was devastated with that um, performance and with that result I think he made about 21 um, appearances during the season he started showing Celtic fans um, what he was all about some of his um, you know heading and tackling tonight was tremendous as you know he was the the commanding figure at the back on many of the occasions this evening and I did think Starfield came into a game in the second half Kev he settled into a game but it is time that we look at the player in Welsh, but we also need to look at Ralston. Here's a guy who's been lambasted. He's been lambasted by a section of the Celtic support for some time. He played something like two games in two years, having made his breakthrough five years ago under Ronnie Dyla, making his debut under Ronnie Dyla. Um, on the right-hand side, we're looking at that. You know, there's a young kid on the left-hand side in Kieran Tierney. A player, by the way, who Laura didn't even mention when we were talking about Scottish guys going down south and doing okay. Um, but, you know, he, I think, has always been viewed as being an honest pro who will never make it at Celtic. What's your thoughts on it, on Anthony Ralston now, Kev? I'll, I'll go back to my St. Johnson, mate, and he says that Tony Ralston wouldn't make it at St. Johnson. And... Well, this, that'll be his seventh, eight game, game in a row for Celtic. Probably his best match ever for Celtic. And he just seems to have risen to the challenge. He just seems to have that... There's a bit of KT-ness about him, ain't there? Just the way that he's got that bit of determination. And there was a time when he burst up that right-hand side. Mm-hmm. And especially at the end, winning that corner kick in that. Eh? And even he's defending, he took a free kick where he could have hurt himself. And he made sure that the guy hit him and he went down. His game management was great. It just he looks like a guy who's really confident in his own skin. And that's all you can ask for a defender to actually be as confident in his own skin. I mean, he's running up and doing that touch on like the Colt Bridge calf through it. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if he's said Colt Bridge, but it rhymes. And I'm just, uh, is that yours, Kev? Is that, that yours? Right. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, 
Sorry. I remember no, I remember when it comes in um after the Dubai scenario and I'm pretty sure it was a game against Livy. You, you someone in the comments may want to check that and, and uh, correct me. Okay, we came in and I thought, quite honestly, because like I said at the top of the show, we're covering every kick of the ball, right? And you call it as you see it and you take your notes and there's reasons for the comments that we make. We don't just make them to be controversial or contrarian, although Kevin does like being the contrarian of, of the group. And I did say that he was the best player on the park that day. The stick and criticism I got for for daring to say that Ralston was the best player on the park because there just had there was this feeling about him that he, he wasn't good enough. And I think some of the, the things we've seen tonight, he's not 100%. You know, at the end of the day, Kev, he makes mistakes like everybody else. And there was a couple of moments tonight. But overall, I think it's time to say, yeah, we will bring in another right back. We'll probably bring him in this week. But I'm pretty happy to run with Ralston plus A another now. I'm pretty happy with that. Definitely. I think he's actually he's turned around everybody's opinion of him. I'm going to bring up this comment, Paul. I can you're the host, but Rob from Oz, when Ange got the job, I started listening to Axom and other Scottish football pods. Universally, all were saying that Ralston was like a fifth choice. How wrong all were. Well, there you go. There's a guy who's pretty new to this game. And he's calling us out on it. He is calling us out on it. And I think Ralston, on that performance tonight, you've got to say is there's two guys in that team at their first two names on the team sheet, Stephen Melch and Anthony Ralston. And whoever's going to come in has to take those jerseys off the two guys. And I'm so chuffed for them. I really are. I'm so chuffed for them. No, you're right. And another guy that I didn't, and we've spoke about it already, Kev, I didn't expect Laura for Tommy Rogic to be one of the, the first names on the team sheet, but he's played his, his way into uh, those circles as well. Another tremendous performance tonight. 74 minutes. He's getting an extra minute every game, so who knows how far we'll get. Might even get a full 90 out of him before the season's over. But no, he was, he was absolutely fantastic tonight. He, he just... Um, he seems to be the the player in the team who isn't as intense as everybody around him but finds that space so easily and finds time on the ball really, really easily and he's almost like Ange on the pitch, if you like. It's as if it's as if he's been able to sort of infuse the rest of the team with the kind of Ange ball mentality if you want to call it that and I think that that's where he's having such a great effect I actually think possibly without him in the team and without him in the dressing room even if you're not about talking about on the pitch uh, we would have waited quite a wee bit longer to see Ange's uh, sort of management style take effect it must make a huge difference to have somebody like him in the dressing room who can say listen guys this guy has succeeded where, he, where else he's been. I know that if we back him, this works. And we all know that an influential player in the dressing room backing a manager does a lot to, to get a lot of other players on board. You know, we've had um, some comments, Laura, from our very own Russell Boyce, who reckons that at some point in the season, we are going to hit someone for 10. I hope he's right. I've never seen it in my lifetime. Um, I've seen a couple of nines, Kev. Uh, Celtic have so seen a couple so of nines. Beat, so I was beat Aberdeen at Celtic Park. I was there when we won 9-0. Uh, yeah. That's the closest yeah. we've come. Paddy McCourt scored a penalty, didn't he? Um, and as well as that, Dom K3 says, Roderick will play 90 minutes this season. What's more likely, Kev? 
the 10 nil or the 90 minutes. Um, we shall see. Now, I'm going to bring this up because I think I think this is a very interesting point that James Fleeting makes. Ralston is a starter at Ibrox. Um, our WhatsApp group rages on, Kevin. Sometimes if you take a couple of hours out, you can go back in and you'll never catch back up on the comments. And the big thing for me is if we do bring in, and we're expecting it to bring in a right back, there are certain games I've never really been comfortable throwing a brand new player into. And I'm going to give you an example. So we brought Starfelt in, and we brought him in, and he's in the he's in the building for in time for the Hearts game, the domestic opener, and we throw him right in, and he's taking the place of the guy that that we're applauding this evening, and and Stephen Welsh. And I actually said at the time I felt it was a mistake. With hindsight, it definitely was a mistake. If we do bring somebody in, Kev. There is a risk, isn't there? And maybe thinking, well, on paper, Juranovic is a better right back and we've just bought him for two and a half million quid. He needs to play. I think that's quite a a risk when you look at the way that this team is developing and some of the unfancied, uh, unfashionable players like Ralston and Welsh and how they're playing. I think it would be a huge risk to drop them when we bring these new players in. I think think it's two completely different scenarios because the team is now in a different place, Paul. And uh, going to Towncastle, if Ange was trying to desperately trying to put his stamp on the team, and he wanted to get his own guys in it, so he chucked you through Starfelt. And I reckon Ange's biggest mistake now, looking back, was not playing Welsh against Mitchell and then bringing back yeah. near beat him. I think that I think that was an error. Now looking back on it, and also at Towncastle as well, not playing Welsh. Hundred percent, yeah. I mean, Welsh had to play. Welsh had to play. Hundred percent. What I'm trying to say, though, in terms of the Starfield issue, is that if we bring in a new right back, going to the point that that was made by the commenter, does he start? I thought the commenter was just stating a fact. Ralston starts at Ibrox every day of the week now, and I, and I can't see. That's that's what I was maybe trying to say. That I can't see Ange being as desperate to throw in a new signing as quickly as he done with Starfield. Now that Ralston's turning in these kind of performances. Yeah, Lee Jones comes in to say Ralston's jersey to lose, and it's great that he's managed to play through it. Um, you think back to him as a young player, that infamous picture, Kev, of uh, Ralston mocking Neymar. And it didn't age that well, but I think he's overcome the criticism. He's a player that, as I said, I'd be quite happy to bring in one right back and run with him and Ralston. I mean, um, I've got confidence this is a higher level of opposition tonight and he's come through that test. I think what we also need to do, we spoke at halftime, Laura, about uh, goalkeepers making saves that we would expect them to make and us applauding it because we've missed it. Joe Hart's performance tonight, let's have a wee chat about that. Yeah, no, um, I'd love to go into that. But just a wee second again, I know you're hosting the show, but I've just seen a comment from uh, David Buckley. Honestly, this show is Revisionism Central. You all sat pre-season and said Ralston wasn't good enough. Now you're calling out a section of the fans for saying the same thing. I think we've all said it here, sitting here. You can be wrong in football sometimes. You can you can think a player's not good enough and if all the evidence suggests that you're watching suggests they aren't good enough, then that doesn't make you incorrect when they then start pulling it out of the out of the bag. And as Kevin said, um the the other commenter said, you know, Colin is out on that. You, you the only thing we can do is is 
is praise a player when they do play well, and 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 I think we're all doing that tonight to to the fullest extent. We, we, would, be, we would be criticised if we stuck to the opinion that Ralston was a bad player when the evidence now suggests he absolutely isn't. The bottom line is, Laura, if you say Celtic fans were, you're accused of saying something that you think you're speaking on behalf of the full support. If you say a section of the Celtic support was, then you get comments like that. There's no revisionism. I could take you back to the actual the actual uh, programme that Colin and I spoke about the situation in terms of the right back. And Colin and I disagreed because he thought Leo Connor should have been playing right back and I thought Tony Ralston should have been playing right back. Kev's laughing because he knows the discussion has raged on ever since in the WhatsApp group. So it's nothing to do with revisionism. And at this moment in time, he's the best right back we've got at a football club. And even when we bring in someone who's a full international, who's coming in at two and a half million pounds, I think, it definitely is Ralston's jersey to lose. I don't see where the revisionism yeah. is coming in there, Kev. No, as I, as I say it at half-time, and I'll say it again, I would rather be happy than right. So, there you go. And, 100%. And, 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 and to carry on with what you were saying about Joe Hart, and my opinion of his, uh, his performances, I'm going to revise my opinion of Joe Hart. When he came into the club... I wasn't particularly enthused by it. I thought he had shown enough in his previous career to suggest that he was a bit of an arrogant personality, that he was a bit of, um, could be a potentially divisive influence in the dressing room, um, that perhaps his performances at Torino and other places after Man City suggested he'd lost a bit of what made him a good goalkeeper. My opinion on that has completely changed. He saves the shots that need to be saved. He uh, is vocal at the back and in a way that Barkas, Bain and Hazard are not he is experienced that thing towards the end of the match where he ran all the way up to the halfway line to get more uh, to, to speak to the manager about how to close out the game and then relayed that information to his captain he's a leader on the pitch, he's a leader in the dressing room and he's, he's influenced the likes of which we have sorely missed last season so for any negative opinion that I had of, of Joe Hart before, I'm fully behind him. Just before I come to yourself, on the same point, Kevin, and again, Laura is just admitting she has changed her mind. You're allowed to do that from time to time. The Londoner reminds us, hit the like button, boys and girls, 100%. Yeah, get uh, all about that. Now, AGSC Technology Videos comes in. Juranovic is very versatile. He can play defensive midfield and wing back so for me a much needed signing 100% I think we've seen that as well when we were surprised that um, you know Kyogo played left and uh, Edward played down the middle we are getting versatility in there Kev because obviously Forrest can play left or right Abada can play left or right although he prefers it on the right hand side Barca boy and will have a much welcomed headache very hard to drop Ralston, that's 100% right, I agree with that and Ralston keeps the jersey, no question, until he needs a rest, as Ange has already alluded to Joe Hart, Kevin, I mean he's come into a situation where we've been crying out for a safe pair of hands, I mean last season we had three goalkeepers, all had a shot between the sticks um, I think we had concerns with all three of them at, at various points um, and then we bring in Joe Hart on the same day as James McCarthy in one full swoop and he has made a difference hasn't he? He has made a difference and sometimes uh, I'm not going to disagree with Laura but sometimes having confidence in your own ability can come across as arrogant at times mm. and and there was, and there was times I remember 
Man City won in the FA Cup and he done something daft on the camera and that. And, and I can see where people got that impression. But I, I don't think we can write off any goalkeeper after what we done with Craig Gordon. We all knew Craig Gordon was a quality goalkeeper who had just injuries, wrong clubs, they had lost his way. And it was just a bit like Joe Hart. He don't get 75 caps for England and all of a sudden become a bad goalkeeper overnight. He made a few bad choices going to Burnley, and his, his form wasn't good, then he went to Torino. But from that first interview on Celtic TV, you knew that he was here for me, I knew that he was here for the right reasons. That didn't mean to say it was going to work, but you knew that he was up here for the right reasons. He wasn't up here to top up his pension, he was up here to play football again. We're probably the biggest club that was in for him. I mean, I'm sure he could have went to the English Championship, and double trebled his money and like seen out his career at a lower level. But like he's mm. had a look at us and went, I want to go there and challenge myself at one of the biggest clubs I'll ever play for. I'll say it's the biggest club that he'll ever play for, but I'm sure Man City fans might come in and argue with me about that. But you see on the night that the, the save with the foot, the, the save, the, the, the save uh, with, with, with his hands, then his decent handling, his vocal. He's making the right decisions when he punt the ball, when he actually hold on to the ball, when he bowl it out. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. He's just added a presence that we haven't had at the back from a goalkeeper for maybe about a year, definitely over a year anyway. Since Fraser Foster left, Frank Brennan. Big Joe Hart could have stayed at Spurs on 27 grand a week, doing nothing, but he chose to come to the Glasgow Celtic and take a 50% pay cut to do so. That's his commitment to us, and that's why we love him. He definitely has endeared himself to the Celtic support. Laura Bradburn now. Let's also talk about Ange Postacoglu. Uh, we've spoken about the style, we've spoken about his philosophy. Um, one of the things that we continually went on about last season was the substitutions, the correct use of subs. He seems to know how to do that as well. Yeah, um, as far as like a wider look at Ange, uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't often get things right, but... Um, I said to you when I was in the studio last week that I am sitting feeling quite smug because from the minute I started watching uh, interviews about, uh, with him, from the minute I started reading his book, from the minute I heard him speak once he was an appointed Celtic manager, I was fully behind whatever he was doing. I didn't want him to bow to anybody. I didn't want him to change his ways. I wanted full-on Ange ball, full send, as they say, and, and I'm still fully behind that. As far as the use of substitutions goes, um, making substitutions before the 60th minute that actually have an impact on the game is absolutely fantastic, um, and I think that's another thing I need to do is is praise Edward where he deserves it. I thought he gave us a, an extra bit of impetus in the second half when we were just waning slightly. Uh, switching Furuhashi out wide, taking a bad off when he's still getting back to full fitness was a was a, a well timed and, and needed change. And then, like like we said at halftime, uh, sort of closing things down for the last fifteen minutes to see out the match was entirely the right call. And also proves that for all he's uh, all about the attacking, Ange knows how to manage a game as well, and, and isn't going to go gung ho when it isn't absolutely necessary. So. 
Yeah, I'm 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 fully behind everything he's doing. I think uh I think we've landed on our feet and I think any um sort of reticence we had about him as a manager just because we had never heard of him should be should be long gone by now. I must admit I thought we lost the out ball when we took off Rogic and uh, I can't remember who else came off at the time. We lost mm. the kind of shape for five minutes. It looked like we were going to sit deeper, but then we game managed it out. Mm. We game managed it out. And really, we could have scored a third. The, 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 the AZ goalkeeper had two fantastic saves. The defender on the line as well got there. They probably maybe saved the tie being dead and buried. Mm-hmm. That save, eh? and only next week will we actually find out how important these two saves and that clearance off the line were. Eh? But uh, we managed that game out, and as Laura says, that was encouraging to see. McCarthy still looks a bit off the pace, which is no mm-hmm. surprise actually. It's not surprised to come in against a team of as competent as AZ. They're, unlike us, they're not going to trouble the latter stages of European competition, but they will trouble sides that they play against. And we've still got a lot of work today next week, but that's for next week. For now, it's just appreciating what we actually saw tonight. And that is, we, we, we've seen massive strides in the Celtic team, and it's something that we can actually cling on to now. You know, there, there there is loads of comments coming through, Kev. Last season we were um, critical of uh, the stubbornness, uh, you know, the um, unwillingness for the, the management team to change their ways, to change the players, to change their style. Um, there There is a determined uh, stubbornness in Ange Postecoglou. Yeah, he is willing to, to bend and he is willing to adapt, but He's, he's shown us now that he knew from day one this is what I was going to implement and it's an absolute joy to see it coming into fruition. Uh, Paul Brady, I'm keen to get as many comments in as we possibly can. Uh, we're going up to about 2,500 live across so many different platforms, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, etc., etc. Ange back in Ralston for a Scotland call-up. I think the other day there we were talking about Welsh and Turnbull uh, being part of the Steve Clark Scotland squads that are going to be announced. Would you be surprised, Laura, if, if Tony Ralston's played his way into a, a Scotland squad? Um, I would be surprised only in the sense that if you had told me a year ago that that would be a possibility, I would have sort of laughed you out the building. But there's a, there's a lot of things that uh, if you told me a year ago would be happening, I wouldn't have believed you. So uh, Let's put it this way, Anthony Ralston getting a Scotland call-up will be far from the worst thing that has happened in the last 18 months. <laughs> and who would have believed it? And, and by the way, Jason, thank you, Jason Tobin. I don't have the time to go back and look at the previous tapes, but in the defence of PJD, he has stuck up for Ralston, yes, absolutely. And Ralston, of course, has played for Dundee United, Queen's Park and Celtic, as did uh, the boy Robertson that did all right at Liverpool as well. I'm not comparing the two of them before. Someone uses that as a meme because that's exactly what happens. 27 comes in. Ange just said it's not about bringing in players to replace jerseys. It's about bringing in players to complement what we are trying to do here on whether or not Ralston has the jersey to lose. There's no doubt about the fact that Ralston is our first choice right back. It's frustrating, Kev. And again, this is a wee bit of hindsight. Not a vision is on, but it's frustrating when you go back to Lustig leaving Celtic. The the absolute procession of right backs we've had since then before we threw Ralston in and gave him a chance. 
I mean, what you've got to look at, I mean, didn't get me going on Lustig in the number 23 again. I went down that rabbit hole last night on Screamer Selica. <laughs> um, but if you look at Ralston, he's had five Celtic managers. Mm-hmm. Is it four or five Celtic managers? Five, including Kennedy, including Kennedy, it's including five. Kennedy, who yeah. never saw him as first choice. Who Not one of them saw him as first choice. So for him to come in with a new manager with a support who were utterly dismayed. And I'm, I'm no, I'm, that's no hyperbole with me. We were dismayed. Some, some of us were dismayed that he got a year's contract. No, remember the, the, the whole Ferrari uh, when he got the contract and now he's turned in eight performances and turned, to, turned tonight his best performance in a Celtic jersey. So... You've got to say that that's down to the player as well, and it's down to Poster Coglu giving like giving him the chance to do that. We have no else seem to believe in him, uh, and and there's two guys sitting in the dugout who didn't believe in him, who had True. to play who had to play John Joe Kenny last season for Everton. Yep. This has been a good European night for us. It's probably better than if somebody would have says, "Would you take this after the first Mitchell game?" If somebody would have said, you're going to beat the team that finished third in Holland 2 nothing at Celtic Park in the Europa League playoff, you'd have went, have you seen us? Tonight we've done it. It could have been 3 nothing. We've still got a lot of work to do, but I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And I'm actually getting a bit of a flashback here because I'm sitting in my, my mum and dad's kitchen and I used to listen to the European, goals, the European games on the radio in that corner there. And on on, a, on on the radio, and I used to run through and tell my dad the score and that. I remember listening to Rapid Vienna, Partizan, Belgrade, and and this kitchen. So I just had a wee bit of nostalgic flashback there. <laughs> I thought I thought you were at that game. I thought you were at that game. That's when they, obviously it was five four on the night, wasn't it? Six each on aggregate. And we went out and away goals. Partizan, well, Belgrade. I wasn't allowed to go because it was a school night. I wasn't allowed to go. My first European game at Celtic Park was uh, Cologne. Good start. Good start. Now, there are a few comments coming in. Anthony Sermani comes in. Starfelt is my only concern in this team. And although I think, Kevin, you're right, he played into uh, a de- he, you know, he played himself out of a bad performance, I guess, uh, because I, I can't see anything on my notes here, second half, that he uh, concerned me at all. I think it was all in the first half. Laura is, again, he, he one of these guys that, you know, in time, he's going to show us exactly why he's been brought to the football club. Listen, I, th- I think we were very positive about him before the game started, and rightly so. He still was causing major heart palpitations at various points in the match and making you think, actually, you know, there's a lot of work there to be done. But I, I do think he'll come good with a little bit of uh, time and a little bit of coaching and all that kind of thing and, and maybe learning a thing or two from the very experienced and very... Um, level-headed Stephen Welsh uh, beside him. Uh, I think Christopher Julian uh, might actually have a better chance of getting in the team ahead of him rather than Welsh, but I I really hope Starfelt is given the time to um, get himself together because it it looks to me like he's a a very nervy player at the moment and I I don't really know why, but... I don't. He doesn't come across to me as just a bad footballer. He just comes across to me as somebody who is under a bit of pressure. And I'm not really sure why that would be, but it seems to be the case. I'll tell you the player I'm more concerned about. You know, we all talk about Ralston not being the greatest uh, fullback in the world, and and he isn't. 
Um, but one thing I will say is that he, he is pretty consistent whether he's playing against Wraith Rovers, Wraith Rovers or whether he's playing against Azed Altmar. He'll put a shift in and he'll usually give you roughly the same level of performance whoever he's playing against. Uh, Greg Taylor, I nearly said Graham Taylor there. Greg Taylor is um, quite clearly not good enough for this level. Uh, Greg Taylor is fine, if not a little bit below the level that we need for the league. Uh, but he gets absolutely shown up and shown wanting at this level. He, he He's quite easily beaten a lot of the time. Uh, his, his range of passing isn't fantastic um, when he gets closed down. Uh, and I actually think, based on tonight's performance, although we need another right back, uh, I don't think we can expect to progress in Europe. Uh, Kevin always says that, that Europe should be the barometer that we measure ourselves by. Um, I don't think we can expect to progress very far in Europe if we've got players of the of the level of Greg Taylor. It's a good point, Laura, and I'm going to throw it at you, Kev, because you have been, you yourself and Lawrence have probably been the biggest champions of Greg Taylor within the Axon group. You know, you've always kind of sung his praises. And I think tonight, I tend to agree with Laura. My my big concern would be, and I think this is a point that, that Brian's brought up in the past, we're not going to be buying a left back under current circumstances because we've got a, what was it, two and a half million pound player in Taylor, three and a half million pound in Ball and Goalie. And then you've got Montgomery, who's the second choice, sitting on the bench making another little cameo tonight. Unless we get rid of Ball and Golly. I don't think we're going to bring in a left back. Can we run with, with, with I almost called him Graham Taylor. Can we run with Greg Taylor? I said before the game, yes, and I'm not going to change my, my opinion on that. He was poor tonight. He was really poor tonight, and I'm not going to deny that. But there is going to be games where players are poor. And we've, we've, we've backed Tony Ralston tonight. Superb. All of the back four will make mistakes because of the way that we play football. Taylor's passing was poor tonight. I think he never gave up. That's probably his only plus spot tonight. But he won't go home tonight knowing full well that he didn't have a good game. And I'm going, I'm willing to admit that. But as you say, well, Laura, there's a lot of development in this team. And mm. I'll, I'll be the first to admit, for where I want to go, Europe has to be a barometer. There's quite a few players on that side won't get us consistently to where I want to be, last 32, last 16 quarterfinals of Europeans competition. So if you want to improve at that level, there's a few players in that team who won't take us to that level. But at the moment, it is what it is. We're at the start of this journey under Ange Postacoglu, and I'm still, I'm sick to my guns. I do not believe that we'll be looking to sign another left back. You know, I don't want to end on a negative, particularly on tonight. Uh, because that was a for me, I was really chuffed with that tonight. Very good performance, excellent result. Probably the best result I could have imagined um, before the game tonight. You know, no one asked me what my prediction was, but it was two nothing, um, and we've done <laughs> we've done really well. Um, we've got to finish on a positive, right? So let's talk about Kyogo. He's now scored six goals in six appearances, only five starts. There's people in the comment section saying he's on for fifty. How? much could this boy achieve this season? I'm going to start with yourself, Laura. Laura, um, How many goals can he score? I mean, it's not just the goals that, that Kyogo's about. His performance is about so much more than that. But I can see him being really prolific this season. 
Yeah, I actually think, uh, and I've heard Tony say it on a couple of podcasts, I actually think if he, once he settles down a wee bit and gets in his groove a bit more, I actually think his conversion rate will be better because for all the goals he's scored, he's missed a few pretty easy chances. And if he can get that sort of thing sorted out, then I think the sky's the limit for him. I, I, I really struggle to think of the last player that I saw. Maybe, maybe Van Dijk. Uh, who was just of a level that was way above anything else that we had at the club. Uh, and I think he's definitely that. Um, I think certainly I expect him to score at least 20 goals this season. Um, uh, if he can get 30, I will be absolutely over the moon. Well, you know, we'll come back to this. We'll remember um, us being so positive after this result. Laura thinks 20 possibly 30. Kevin Graham, what's your take on that? I just want him to get as many helps as winning the league. I'm not setting him any targets whatsoever. If that wee man helps us win the league, get into the, the latter stages of European competition, I'll be quite happy. Whatever he does. As long as he keeps on performing the way that he's Why get the splinters out your backside, Kev? No, <laughs> I, I didn't get involved in this witchcraft of making predictions. Like of how many players that uh, uh, how how many goals players are going to score and all all that. All I want is see if I actually have a look at Kyogo and ha- and have a look at the AZ right back the night. We should be going to Ange Postacoglu. Is there any other players in the J League that are going to make this transition? Because every Kyogo and that wee right back, both of them are extremely com- comfortable on the ball and very very hardy. And that's mm. what you need to be in Scotland yeah. as well. If you, if you, if the centre halves out there believing that they're going to bully Kyogo, be booting them about the about the pitch, they're going to come up again. They're going to get a big surprise. They are going to get a big surprise. It's a good point because see when you look back, I'm going to say thirty plus. I'm going to stick my neck on the line, Kevin, and say 30-plus this season. But there's players from certain regions um, who do well in Scottish football. I mean, we've done well uh, with Scandinavian players, if you, if you think about it. They seem to adapt well to the Scottish game, whereas when you look at uh, the Brazilians that we've had, they've not done so well. It could well be that not many clubs have brought in Japanese players to the Scottish game, but they could adapt, Kevin. You're right. It could well be that they are well suited to the way we play football in Scotland. Going by Kyogo, absolutely. You know, if there's another couple out there, bring them in. And I think this was the frustration because had we got, you know, Postacoglu in earlier, there might have been more time to actually have that blueprint. I'm pretty sure there's a couple of the guys that have come in uh, Kevin Laura, who probably weren't on Angie's list, I'm, you know, I'm sure he's had the last say in it, but I don't think Joe Hart and McCarthy were on Angie Postacoglu's list. Um, however, had we given him more time to assemble his squad for this season, maybe we would have been looking at a couple of players from the J League, and um, you know, it's a mouthwatering prospect when you look at what we're being served up at the moment. Don't want to get too carried away, but you know what? After last season, enjoy it tonight. That was excellent from Postacoglu and the boys. Really, really chuffed. Enjoyed every single minute of it, and uh, also enjoyed the post-match bulletin with Kevin Graham and Laura Bradburn. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved on the various channels if you're on YouTube get subscribing on there we're growing the channel we're giving away loads of prizes as well and we'll be back for 12.30 tomorrow on A Celtic State of Mind
It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.